Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Podcast, where we process those unspoken hard parts of life. Yeah, we process out loud what most folks experience in silence. So listen, y'all. Life has been life. In these moments, I don't know if I want to play Kirk Franklin, a UGK. Crime up. Crime up. Whatever it is. I'm just confused about it at this point. And in these moments, uh, when we're in seasons like this, uh, it's easy to let our emotions get the best of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So today we're talking through the value of being able to hold on to our emotions and experience what we experience uh, when it feels like things are falling through the cracks. Uh, Welcome back to our Black Love journey. Let's get into it. Mrs. Hayes, set us up. Listen, y'all. We just, we're just here today. <laughs> I want you to know that it's not a regular weekend day with the sunshine uh, outside like we usually film. Mm-hmm. It is late in the midnight hours, <laughs> so it feels like we don't work a full day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only are we just tired today, but my goodness, we are feeling stretched in this season of life. Yeah. It's like one thing after another. Uh, our fertility journey, we've had some valleys lately. <laughs> Having car issues. We have, you know, family we're still tending to. It's just, then work is just, you know, trying to be present there. And then you try to be present for your relationship. And, mm-hmm. and then you haven't even gotten to yourself. You know, what does your, your not even beyond self-care. Can I just get up and make it to like work out on this day? Can I just yeah. have three, like not awfully unhealthy meals to eat today? Can I get like a decent amount of hours in the nighttime? And so life really feels like it's lifing. Uh, I will say that most folks that I talk to, most of our friends and family are, it feels like a lot of folks are, experiencing the same types of things. So I don't know if this is like hangover from the pandemic. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it is, but it feels like lots of people are in very transitional growth, just kind of tough seasons. And like you said, you know, it really comes to how we show up in those seasons. I really like what you said once before you telling me a story about your vets and how you know, like this one that was really on the straight and narrow and was like really good in recovery and um, had found a place to stay. And and then just when something didn't go his way, he just like mm-hmm. showed his ass completely. Mm-hmm. And you gave him the feedback like you really you've really shown your true character in these mm-hmm. moments. And so, you know, we talk a lot about emotional regulation, especially like being in therapy. I have this book. I wanted to share it, but it's called EQ, uh, The Color of EQ that I just finished reading. And, you know, we just talk a lot about emotional intelligence. So yeah. this is part of that, um, like regulating your emotions, self-management, self-awareness is a, is such a huge part yeah. of emotional regulation. And it is, you know, our first responsibility is to like manage ourselves. And then that Absolutely. dictates how we are able then to show up with in relationships with other people. So Let's talk a little bit about it since we are actively going through it. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, emotional regulation, sir? So I'll just say that this is this topic is so personal for me right now. So I'm um, really, uh, I've had some struggles this week with, uh, I think, managing um, my reaction mm. to 
life happening to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm finding for myself is that um, I think I'm a little bit slower with regulating my emotion. And even in me saying that I'm slower with it, I'm trying to find grace for myself to be able to regulate my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start with just a textbook definition of emotion regulation. And it is the ability to exert control over one one's own emotional state. It may involve behaviors such as rethinking a challenging situation to re- reduce an- anger or anxiety, mm-hmm. hiding visible signs of sadness or fear, or focusing on reasons to feel happy or calm. And that's psychology today. Yeah, that's directly from psychology today. Um, I think what I'm finding for me is that I had this expectation. And I always kind of set myself up with these expectations that like being in therapy um, is the answer. And I'm supposed to be great at being able to manage these things as they happen because I'm supposed to be so healed and so whole. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is like, you know, we keep having this conversation about how therapy gives you self-awareness. And then your work is what you do with that self-awareness. And what I'm becoming more aware of is that I really need some time to sit with things when they happen. Like I have this really beautiful plan laid out, as most of us do. And then life throws me a curveball and I need a moment to panic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I want to Even having a pattern of behavior where I beat myself up for not being disciplined enough, not uh, having a perfect plan, not all of those things. I have that self-awareness around that and still find a way to beat myself up about not being able to manage the emotion that's happening. Mm. And so even the man-to-man groups that I do are about men being able to experience their emotions, but not only being able to experience their emotions, to not be people who just react mm-hmm. to the emotion as it happen, as it happens. And I've been able to give myself credit for not reacting in a negative way, but I'm just now, I think, learning to get to the point where what I'm actively having to work through in this moment is being able to have the emotion and regulate it, you know, and not beat myself up for feeling what it is that I feel, for having to use my words and say, hey, I think I need a moment mm-hmm. because everything was going great. And now this thing has happened. And now I'm right back in this space. I was telling God this week, like, bro, we just, I need, <laughs> we just oh, did this, <laughs> we just did this fertility thing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I need a transmission in my car? It's been, it's been some days. <laughs> Like we don't have, I thought we had an understanding betwixt me and him, and he, he good. Had he the, go the like thing a couple weeks ago, right? And so, I don't know. I want to be appropriate here, but I'm really looking at God like, nigga, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is happening? Yeah, what are you doing? And I'm just being challenged in this area to have having to grow through some things being able to find a closer relationship in the midst of like disappointment in the midst of sometimes feeling like, you know, have the worst luck in the world uh, in the midst of uh, having to understand that I still need to give myself grace, even in my healing 
and being able to give myself credit for not responding to the emotion in the way that I used to yeah. by wanting to be coddled or to find a way to pacify and having this immediate need to feel better and just being able to sit with the thing that I feel at the moment, call it a thing and not let it rule my next decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you saying, and I applaud you for saying the, what you just said a, a moment ago about you just need a moment to panic. I really deeply appreciate you saying that because you present so well as like not being affected by things. Like you will, not that you aren't affected, impacted, but you like are very cool, calm and collected, like under pressure. So the fact that you actually need a moment and are acknowledging that you are actually, you have panic moments is, uh, I think amazing and it like humanizes mm-hmm. you in such a real way. Not that I didn't know that that is the thing, but I think it's helpful yeah. for people to hear that. And I'm, I'm happy that you're even just a, oh, can acknowledge it, honestly. So I love that. And yes, to, <laughs> to everything that you just said, you know, um, in the book that I was mentioning, The Color of EQ by Farrah Harris, I believe is her name. And you know, I think she might be some form of mental health practitioner in, in your world, too. I don't know mm-hmm. if she's an LCSW, but I need to look it up and we'll make sure that we link her book and then the information in the show notes of this episode. But she talks about, you know, not just EQ. And she really takes it from a perspective of like DEI, which I really appreciate. And not just mm-hmm. like race in DEI, but like neurodivergence and ableism and all the things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was the first time that I had even really, it dawned on me like, oh, how does someone with neurodivergence approach EQ? Like, how does that show up for them? Like, mm-hmm. so those types of things, which I really appreciated. But it also talks about some barriers that keep us from having like high EQ, like, um, yeah. and it talks about emotional regulation. And one of the things is like, when you're, when you're tired, when you're just like not yourself in whatever way, that really like you are at a greater risk for just acting out of your emotions and just reacting to, to use language that you used earlier instead of Mm -hmm. responding. And so the whole key to having high EQ is like, are you able to respond when life is happening? Are you able to respond in situations and not react to them? And so what we're talking about today is like, when you are just like weighed down by life, it is so much easier to just react, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you're just you don't even have the energy, I think, to do what's needed to to craft responses. You're just like, mm-hmm. whatever happens, just happens. Yeah. And you're so smart. You use a whole bunch of words that people need definitions for, like what? neurodivergent. Oh. People that have, you know what DEI is. And, okay. You know, you just. I you, got vocab words now. You got vocab wow. words. You I was over here like. Who's supposed to know what you're talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, you know what that is, though. I do, diversity, but I need to explain to our people. Diversity, equity, inclusion. I mean, post uh, George Floyd, everybody knows that because everybody's mm-hmm. been hired, but now since probably couldn't budget for it, to be honest, um, for DEI initiatives. But most people think about that in the lens of, again, just like race and culture, when really there's so many other ways that we really need to be trying to be inclusive and equitable in our practices and in our dealings. And so one of those ways, so ableism is when um, people are differently abled, Mm -hmm. right? So might need 
I might have different needs. I like the way our friends say that. Not special needs might have different needs. Right. And then neurodivergence is are those things like those abilities or those differences that we can't see. So mm-hmm. is someone on the spectrum? Do they have ADHD? Mm-hmm. Is there some way that causes them to think and process the world differently mm-hmm. than than what might be? What's the word, people? I was going to try to find another big word, but heteronormative or normative, whatever it is. You know. <laughs> I'm going to bring up the SARS to this podcast episode. That's how people be talking about in the corporate space. That's how people talk in the corporate space now. So, yeah, any of those things. Like, have you ever thought about how someone who might be on the spectrum, like, how is that even possible mm-hmm. for them to regulate their emotions or is it even possible or someone who has ADHD and like, you know, like it it requires extra effort. And so here we are, if you just think about it, taking it from that lens, life is just life and like it does for everyone with us, Mm -hmm. but we don't even have any of those other special circumstances or different circumstances. And so just imagine trying to show up in the world and thrive with added layers of challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think my challenge for that is in the way that I normalize even mental health in my practice is that I think that we all have some level of different needs no, that's true. and probably, uh, well, not probably for me, I believe that people who have mental health diagnoses just have a chance to be in therapy and really focus on what some of the deficits they may have that they need to get them up to the up to par to be able to operate in settings where it's socially acceptable and so that they can earn a living whereas most of us have some deficits that we hide mm. and as i've been i was telling you when you were gone the last couple of days like i've really been like digging deep into this emotion regulation thing mm-hmm. for me and it's mostly because like I don't have all those big words that you have. I'm very concrete. Um, and I need to know, like, for me, mm-hmm. what does it mean if I'm not able to regulate my emotion? Yeah. And having to unpack that through the layers of like my own having to heal from not enoughness. So when I beat myself up about again, not handling this situation right or another thing happening to me, it can have the potential to lead me into not enoughness, which can shut me down totally and say that I don't want to deal with people at all. I don't want to deal with situations at all. I don't want to have faith again because I don't want to be disappointed. But even as I was thinking about it and, and just in my mind, like being concrete and needing more of an explanation, even when you think about what regulators do and um engineering mm-hmm. what banking regulators do what any type of regulator does for any type of system it is not trying to change the thing mm-hmm. right it is simply trying to regulate it so it's functional for its purpose you know what i'm saying so in engineering um it's to they may be taking energy channeling that energy that pure energy regulating it so it can be used in your electric car. Mm -hmm. Um, Banking regulators may be taking whatever people are doing over here and giving it rules and giving it parameters so that it can be used so everything is equal across the board, right? Mm -hmm. So there is nothing wrong with the energy itself, Mm -hmm. right? It's that it has to have some parameters to be useful. 
And so for me, the way that I was able to make that work for me and help my thinking, my my stinking thinking about myself is that there is nothing wrong with my pure and raw and honest emotion. Right. It just needs parameters so that it can be still be used for the purpose. Like my my emotion is perfect. Right. I feel what I feel. That is okay. I need to give it some parameters so that it does not control me and I'm able to exist in the space and be able to get my work done, to be able to love my family, to be able to do those things, even when life is happening to me. And so, it, I, you know, I just have to break things down to like an elementary level for myself. But that that is the work that I'm trying to do around being able to regulate my emotions, to understand that there's nothing wrong with the emotions. And most of us shut down when we up. You know, I'm 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 showing too much. My slip showing. Mm-hmm. These people can see me. I'm gonna be in here crying. I'm gonna be in here, you know, crushed. And but it is being able to regulate whatever it is that you feel and not allow it to control your next decision. Child, that deserves a slow clap. You know, somebody classes <laughs> man the collection plate, please, sir. Yes, that was a beautiful way mm. to break that down in terms of the energy. I need that for me. Listen, I needed it for me. The other, the two things that came to mind when you were talking about it, both of which we've talked about in previous episodes, the bottom moments. And so mm-hmm. you can you can easily slip into like feeling like it's a bottom moment and then yeah. just staying there and stinking thinking. And then speaking of that, the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. We'll link to those episodes <clears> as well, y'all. You could get so caught up in like, well, dang, this thing happened, this thing happened, this thing happened. I must mm-hmm. like not have any luck or insert whatever other thing. I'm I'm cursed. I'm whatever mm-hmm. it is. When really it's just, you know, life happens to all of us. And so I really want to zero in on what you said in terms of like controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Like mm-hmm. have your emotions so they don't have you is super yeah. important. And I think there's a great time to jump into the haze. Like yeah. What is the haze of regulating your emotions? Let me just start by saying, when you're a tired baby, when you're hangry, when you're insert things. any other like physical, when your body is mm-hmm. just like does not have what it's need what it needs, then you're you're quite literally like almost in survival mode. You know what yeah. I mean? You know how we talk about like mm-hmm. we are in a privileged state because we can we have our needs met in such a way that we can worry about and think about therapy yeah, that our family absolutely. <laughs> didn't. Mm-hmm. But when like stuff is just happening left and right, every which way, mm-hmm. like you're kind of in a form of survival mode. And so you're not really thinking about like how, how you going to feel if how's the other person going to feel if I snap or if they, mm-hmm. ask, you know, like you're just not thinking about that. You're, you're sort of on a, like a, an autopilot. Yeah. Um, it brings to mind for me, I think, uh, speaking of the haze, you know, we were talking about like, it seems like life has been life for so many of our people. Right. But I, I can't negate the fact that during the pandemic, so many people that we know started going to therapy. Mm-hmm. So how many people are like, we're seeing like the impact of them feeling the things that they've been going through no, yeah. and that part coming out. And that's why I will always, and, and I'll continue to say that therapy is not the healing, Yeah, right? Therapy is the self-awareness. It provides you the self-awareness so that you can do the work that you need to do to get to your healing. It helps to harness your healing some kind of way. 
Right. And it'll, it'll help to give you what you need to give you an option to do the work to get to your healing. Right. And as life is life, and I think so many of us have been able to do other things rather than deal with the thing. And I think a lot of what we're seeing now is like that. Like I've been able to shrink back. We were just talking about one of um, our mutual friends the other day who like when life happens to him, he's shut down and we might not hear from him for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of his pattern. But those people who are like showing up, meeting life where it is and like feeling what they feel, <clears throat> it's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. And you really have to know how to process that thing. And one of the things that I wanted to share from um, Psychology Today in the article about emotion regulation, uh, learning how to control our emotions, it was talking about practicing habits like mindful acceptance of your emotions, mm. shifting attention away from the source of negative emotions, and reframing emotional situations, such as thinking about a setback or a mistake as an opportunity to learn. And for me in my practice is like teaching people how to find a silver lining mm-hmm. and things that are happening, like things are happening for a reason. Those are things that, that can be helpful, but it's also a haze because mindfulness in itself is a haze. Mindfulness is just like being present to the thing that's happening. And like my entire life I've spent like with escapism. Like when something bad happens to me, I want to get the hell away from that mm-hmm. thing as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being mindful is asking me to be present to it, sit in it, experience what I experience, and then deal with it in a healthy way. Can I say something about mindfulness mm-hmm. that people don't? And maybe we need to have a whole conversation about mindfulness. Y'all, when you're trying to be present in the moment, so I've been mm-hmm. actively trying to do more of that. It's exhausting. It sucks balls. (laughs) But let me tell you why it's exhausting. So if I'm trying to just be here right now, and I guess it's because we've gotten so used to multitasking in this moment where I'm trying to be in this conversation, or if I'm trying to be only in my work meetings Mm -hmm. or only be with my friends or only be with my family, I'm getting 50, 11 other text messages, pings, emails, other phone calls, all the other things that are trying to vie for your attention. And then they build up. And then after I'm done being present in this moment, I got to go deal with like a backlog of Mm -hmm. all of these these messages and things. And that's, that's draining. (laughs) (laughs) I got tired thinking about it. Yeah. On the flip side of it though, is like the way that I would get overwhelmed by, and I would think of it, this goes back to me being concrete, y'all. I'm sorry. This is me having 50 tabs open on my phone computer and not resolving any of those and the so the flip side of that uh dealing with one task at a time and being mindful is having those 50 11 tabs open and not closing out any of the tasks Mm -hmm. you know and then that's a different level of overwhelm for me so if i gotta pick my poison then i need to have success in something and give myself the grace to come back and close out the other things as i can but I need to have like small wins for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look at them 50 11 tabs and ain't none of that stuff closed out. Ain't done yeah. none of it. Yeah. And so, you know, it is exhausting to be mindful. Um, but also it it should require you exerting some energy. And, you know, it also, as you practice mindfulness, it becomes a little bit easier. You give yourself a little bit more permission to 
leave some things unattended to because you need to be um, excellent at these few things. Mm. Close out what you can and come back to the rest the next time rather than stressing ourselves the hell out. Yeah, I don't want to get too far on the tangent of mindfulness, but it mm. really is like we've probably just gotten so good with multitasking and mm-hmm. really multitasking. You've heard that stat where they say like multitasking is like trying to like drive drunk or something, some mm-hmm. something to that effect. But really we've gotten credit for being half present in a lot of different places or not even, or like fractionally present in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And now trying to give your full attention to one place, to one space is like a, a different type of like energy exertion. So like, you know, can I can I tell you how this showing up for me at work? Mm-hmm. So recently, we went back to doing in person treatment team meetings with our veterans. So, um, three days out of the week, we do um, treatment team meetings with our veterans. So they're in the program with us. Most of them are there for ninety days. So every thirty days, we have a meeting with them to get updates on you know what they've been doing. So for the past two and a half years. We've been doing those meetings online via Teams. Mm-hmm. And when we're online via Teams, like you're on camera, but I'm over here signing notes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing my group notes. Mm-hmm. I got my multi screens going. So I got the camera that the veteran sees me in focused here. I got this screen over here that I'm actually looking at, uh, typing notes, doing my individual notes, doing referrals. I'm shooting out emails that need to go just done, son. so when 4 30 hits fuck the dough we go back in person and three o'clock i gotta be in these people room <laughs> there's no computer there <laughs> and i have to sit there and listen to everybody who has to present that day all the veterans have to present I to listen to everybody's feedback. We've got doctors, social workers, mm-hmm. psychiatrists, pharmacists, um, voc rehab, rec therapy, and everybody's giving this veteran feedback with it. And I'm in here like, <laughs> do I have to, how long I gotta be here? Do y'all know how much work I gotta <laughs> do? And really, they're asking me like to be present for that. And the veteran deserves that. But we're so out of practice. We're having to be mindful. I think the pandemic just created like these monsters uh, where we've been able to get so much done at the same time and just not having to sit still. And I think that also has contributed to like me not wanting to be present to the thing that I'm feeling mm-hmm. like we've had to. The grace that I give to other people and to myself, like we've had to go all this time and figure out how to work, how to live in the midst of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. In the midst of like our people passing away, mm-hmm. you know, grief, you know, grieving our reg- the loss of our regular routine lives, you know, increases in housing and cars and everything. And we've had to keep going. And so I think that we are all figuring out how to give ourselves permission to feel what we feel. Some of us are still stuffing that stuff away and just... I don't know that we know how to do it. And I think that for me, this episode is really learning about how to feel what I feel, regulate it, and still make good decisions, Mm. you know, and not be mean as hell to myself, which is easy for me to do. Same. 
the things that you mentioned, you said mindfulness and a couple of other things. You said those can be hazes, but to me, those feel like ways to navigate mm-hmm. the emotional regulation space. I'll say the number one thing or a couple of number one thing I think I've learned in practice and then some things that I remember from the book that I'm talking about. We'll have to have the author on and maybe talk a little bit more about um, EQ from this lens. But one is pause. So like literally just stopping, mm-hmm. taking the time out, a break. I notice that when I'm getting really tired, I actually don't, I don't talk as much anymore. I start mm-hmm. to withdraw a little bit because I mm-hmm. know I'm probably more prone to snap or whatever. And I don't want to show up that way. So I just kind of like withdraw a little bit because I just don't have the energy really to, you know, be respond in a thoughtful way. So pausing is one. I think in general, it's, when it comes to the thinking part, the mindset part, it could be helpful to pause, assess the facts of the situation, like the actual legitimate, like what are the facts of the situation? What are the receipts? So if I'm telling myself a story of like, I'm cursed, I'm zo- I'm doomed, da, 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 da. So mm-hmm. maybe that looks like counting your blessings instead. Well, actually mm-hmm. the facts are, I got a promotion and I have a house that I love and a partnership, that I, right? So naming mm-hmm. those and finding a way to reframe the limiting thought. So that's like Mm -hmm. one train of thought to go down. The other one is, uh, or a couple of other ones in the book, she mentions like just being able to take care of yourself. So how can you get out of survival mode and into back into like optimal or thrivership as you say? So what does that look like? Is that like pausing for a second? Isn't that like removing yourself from the environment, the situation? Is it like getting a massage? Is it working out? Is it eating better? Is it all of those things to make you feel in your best like self kind of spaces so that you can then have the reins on your emotions and not the other way around. Have the space to have your emotions. Are you actively asking me that question? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't think that there's one particular answer. Right. And I think that in particular for this episode, um, I think the haze and navigating are, can almost be one in the same for me. Um, Cause navigating mm-hmm. is a hell of a haze for mm-hmm. me. If you're asking me to pause when I don't feel like I've done enough, when that is my pattern, mm-hmm. asking me to like take an active role and being able to stop myself, think through what it is that I'm feeling when I want to do that when it's easier to stuff it and get the task completed or to see something through. Um, it's, it's something that's difficult for me to navigate. Um, and then also, I just believe that we all got to find our own way. Uh, and what I am doing for myself is learning to s- actively say to myself that feelings aren't facts. Yes. And so I have to withdraw from always wanting to feel better. Mm. You know, because that is behavior that has drawn me in the past to seeking something to immediately gratify myself. Yeah. And I'm I'm not a baby. Right. So I don't need a pacifier mm. every time something happens. Mm-hmm. And behaviors that I participated in in the past have been like this desire for a pacifier when I really need to know how to use my words. How to navigate what it is that I'm feeling, how to understand what that emotion is, and to find a healthy way to deal with it. 
that can be a haze, but it also is a requirement for me if I'm going to be a healthy and productive member of society. And I give myself permission to uh, do the work that I need to do in order to handle that. But a part of that has to be not being as tied to not being married to a feeling, understanding that I am human. I will feel not my best on certain days. I will feel the range of emotions. I will feel sadness. I will feel joy. I will feel pain. I will feel all of those things, but I can't allow any of those things to guide my next decision. And I have to understand that every single one of those things are temporary. Yeah. This also brings to mind, like just the inner child thing. So when Mm -hmm. you mentioned like, you know, it's a haze to do those things and like having your feelings kind of sort of run the show is a very childlike thing to happen. So it made me mm-hmm. think like, oh, for so many of us, that's true. It really is our inner child that's calling the shots, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And so whenever we don't address some mm-hmm. childhood wound of wound of some sort, then that thing just continues to show up. So that I think is just another mm-hmm. like variation of that. And that's, it's not just you. I think it's, it's all yeah. people, right? Just- yeah. And I, I spent a very long time too, focusing on like honoring and being there for my inner child and like giving him what he needed yeah. back then. But there's some portion of me now and where I am in my therapeutic journey and in maturing that is also learning to have to tell little Scotty that there are limits mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. And it can't be that we're going to give you every single thing that little yeah. Scotty didn't get, right? Because yeah. little Scotty also needed some of those limits that little Scotty got. And some of them that I didn't have. So my healing and therapeutic journey can't be about just going back and giving myself everything that I wanted. Yeah. Some of it has to be about going back and being able to do some healthy policing and help set some healthy boundaries for for little Scott as well. Because little Scott that um, felt like he had to do things to people please and all that, he grew up with poor boundaries. Yeah. And he let his own boundaries go in order to have friendship and relationship and all. So all of that work has to be on both sides. It can't just be about giving our, our younger selves what we want. And it has to be also about giving our younger selves some boundaries and some limits and going back and doing some of that repair work as well. Yeah. I think that's why it's called reparenting your inner child. It's not about, again, to your point, appeasing. It's about mm-hmm. setting the di- the discipline and the, the the space the whatever it is the right word is for that version of you to thrive and to mm-hmm. feel like they have what they need finally yeah yeah so, but child for a while i was just like get little scotty whatever you want that's our permission here you go run it up <laughs> so uh what's the biggest lesson that you feel like you've learned about emotion regulation mm. I think it's probably the thing that I mentioned, and that's just to pause, to take a step back. Like emotional regulation really is about responding versus reacting. Reacting is like, however I feel in the moment, that's how I'm going to show up. That's what's going to come out. And mm-hmm. so often that can be so disastrous for like your relationships. Imagine the health of our relationship if every time we had a disagreement, we both just like 
responded out of anger or yeah. just said the first thing that came out of, came out of our mouths mm-hmm. or, you know, tore each other up, like just reacting in that way. Because even though you can apologize, you can't take that stuff back. Like people can forgive, but you, you don't easily forget. And so it's really pause. And then like, what is the response? And in and, and that, I mean, okay, that looks like for me. Okay, I need I need a minute. I need to think about how I feel. Yeah. I need to think about why I'm feeling this way. And then what do I need? Do I need to tell the other person something? Do I need them to like do something for me? Like what is it that I actually need in this relationship and then or in this situation? And how can I communicate that? And quite honestly, somebody like me who's in who I, I get energized by being by myself, a lot of times it's just like I need some time to be on the couch in my robe, not talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's literally all I need and I'm mm-hmm. I'm better. But other times it's like after I've paused, if I need something specific, then figuring out how to communicate that so I can, so I will have responded and not just reacted. Yeah. What about you? Uh, it is for me, I think, um, learning that emotions in and of themselves aren't bad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that um, I want to be able to emote to feel uh, what I feel without being emotional, Mm. uh, without being a person who um, just reacts out of emotion or chooses something out of emotion that makes a, a person that makes a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Yeah. And um, so the biggest lesson that I've learned is, is that you lose a hell of a lot, uh, when you make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions, mm-hmm. when you are not good at regulating your emotions. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest lesson that I've learned even in this past week about um, just the whole idea of emotion regulation is that there's nothing wrong with me, how I am. No, no. I'm, I'm not overly emotional. I'm not overly sensitive um, in my purest, rawest form. I am enough, mm-hmm. but I have to work on my regulator. Yeah. Right. Oh, regulator. You know what? I can't. We're going to add that Ooh. to this. <laughs> we coming to music for the moment and you already you about to add another let me song. Tell y'all how lyrics and songs just drop into my spirit. So we're going to let that come on through. You know, we pray to be a vessel. So with something trying to come through, you got to let it come through now. But no, what I want to say is. <laughs> this close to a diagnosis. I promise you this close to one. What is it, loose associations? See, I, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I remember your lesson. No, you were just saying you are enough. And I think it's really powerful and probably something we should normalize as a society in terms of like calling or deeming people too emotional or yeah. emotional and seeing emotional as mm-hmm. a negative connotation when really we yeah. are all human. And so much of our upbringing, we're taught to suppress those feelings, right? Mm-hmm. They shake it off, you know. Um, dust it off, figure it out, you know, just pick yourself yeah. up and, and keep going when really we should be allowing ourselves more time to feel how we feel. Mm-hmm. Because quite honestly, if you think about it, so many things, whatever's on the inside of us is going to come out. Right. We've said that a lot of times on this podcast. And so if there, if we are suppressing something that is not healthy, mm-hmm. can you imagine how it's going to come out? It's going to come mm-hmm. out not healthy. healthy. And that could mm-hmm. be your vices. It could be health challenges. It could mm-hmm. be like any type of unproductive reaction to 
to whatever the situation is. And really it is, you just need to let yourself feel, yeah. feel how you feel, like get it, get it out. And the other thing I thought of, um, I should have said before when I tell my response, the whole pausing and responding, you know how at work when somebody sends you a message and you, it just makes you hot for whatever mm-hmm. reason, like an email, a Slack message. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I get those sometimes and I see red and I want to become the, I do become the Kermit meme. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Per my last email, emotional regulation is not sending that thing and mm-hmm. just saying, you know what? I'm going to just take a beat. When I'm calmed down, then I will respond mm-hmm. to this message and not come for you. I maintain my stance on the matter. You know? <laughs> emotional regulation for me is typing that whole shit out, the whole response, but in word. <laughs> so that I don't have to send it. But I, I have to say it. It has to happen. That's where I am in my healing journey. And if y'all get it, go to hell. And I'm going to type it. I'm going to say the thing. I will put it in word because God's still working on me. And therapy's still working on me. But you get these words. I'm just going to have to embrace them. Yes, it does. <laughs> and a single word uh, that I learned in Atlanta culture and it all runs together and fuck you mean (laughs) one single thought (laughs) love it okay so since regulated and came on through i have to i have to add it even though it has the song actually lyrics have nothing to do with this topic but regulators we should all be trying to be regulators and then what else we got i think my my other one was quite clearly Chickity, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ice Cube. Come on, Q. What you got? And of course, I'm I'm saved. So my song is Beautiful Day <laughs> by Trinix. How'd it go? Lord, I thank you for sunshine. I thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. day. Not a uh, West Coast of the <laughs> over here. There's no kind of gangsta I done married. But Lord, thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for all of it. Yeah. So. Even when you're going through it. Yeah. Even when you're going through it. If y'all want to help your boy with the transmission, just hit my cash <laughs> app. But baby. Yeah, I'll just pray for us. Because I still have so much to do after this and an early start tomorrow. But we out here. Uh, and speaking of being out here, if you made it to the end of this conversation, thank you so much for rocking with us. We appreciate everybody who shouts us out on Instagram. And I've seen a couple of shout outs on Spotify and people saying yeah. how much they've liked the, the episodes. Like, keep it coming. We really appreciate the feedback. It helps us know, like, we're on the right track. And let us know what you think about this here uh, background we're trying out. I want to, like, right. not mention, like, clearly you don't see our living room in our background today. So what are your thoughts on that? We, we're trying to upgrade uh, our situationship, and it just works out that uh, we're squeezing this in in the nighttime. But <laughs> I don't know who's getting ready to take all this shit down. <laughs> we legit have a whole podcast studio in our kitchen. It's fine. It's all fine. But uh, let us know. Uh, yeah, keep the feedback coming. We really appreciate it. And, and we'd also love for you to share it with your friends and family. Uh, we invite you to like, follow, subscribe, rate. Do all the things, engage with us, and then let us know what you want us to unpack. We got a couple of DMs before about different topics, and we uh, invite you to keep them coming. 
And like we always say, and as evidenced by the way our life is right now, life <laughs> is going to life. It will always present you with a haze, clearly. And we have right. everything that we need within us to navigate through it. And you're not alone. Mm -mm. Join us next time. We're going to take this journey together, y'all. Yeah. All right. I'm unplugging this shit. We're wrapping up the <laughs> DJ tour. Y'all ain't got to go home. We got to get the hell out of here. All right. Peace.